This is the Reverend DeForest L. Raphael, and I am the pastor of the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church on the Hill. We are located at 975 St. Nicholas Avenue between West 159th and 160th Street in the village of Harlem. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother. When he got to the vineyards of Timnah, a young lion came at him, roaring. The Spirit of God came upon him powerfully, and he ripped it open barehanded, Mm -hmm. like tearing a young goat. But he didn't tell his parents what he had done. For a few moments from this subject, don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. (coughs) Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Samson to Timnah with his mother and father. A lion, and he killed the lion, but did not tell his parents what he had done. You know, marginalized people are socialized to bear their suffering in silence, to swallow our words. Even women who are granted a measure of independence of expression, who possess A limited capacity to speak about their struggles are silenced by having their voices declared shrill or hysterical when some imaginary line is crossed. Mm -hmm. But even this capacity is not encouraged in men. Men are not encouraged to talk about their feelings. We're not encouraged even to have feelings not encouraged to have our emotions. For men to have emotions, much less to express them, is somehow considered unmanly, effeminate, weak, cowardly, pathetic. It is not that men don't have anything to say about our inner workings, our inner selves, our inner needs, our emotional needs. We have a lot to say. We have our stories. They, uh, they are, they, they're rich with detail and they have features, but we are not encouraged to tell them. We are not inspired to tell them. We are not urged to reveal the depths of our own sensitivity, the complexity of our own warmth and our needs. 
Stories that reflect our emotional well-being are not nurtured. Narratives that reveal our emotional trials as well as our tragedies and our triumphs, our deficiencies, our vulnerabilities, are to be hidden. You know, real men don't cry. A real man keeps his feelings to himself. Accounts of our fears are not shared with others nor even acknowledged within our own selves. Descriptions of our inner conflicts are forbidden. They are outlawed. They're even prohibited. They're constrained. They are not emotionally allowed to be even entertained. And so like Samson, who was a powerful alpha man if there ever lived one, who could not, who would not, who did not, even tell his own mother and his own father. A fundamental characteristic of our personality is stunted when our full, authentic stories are untold. It's arrested, it is impeded with all kinds of horrible conclusions and all kinds of horrible consequences. It's restricted. We cannot, we must not reveal the current aspects of ourselves to our others nor even to ourselves. But an essential truth cannot be ignored without consequence. Either we deal with our trauma, or our trauma will deal with us. And this is so for men and women. Uninvestigated, unpacked trials and tribulations, hardships, that are not identified and are not, are not plumbed and are not dug into have terrible consequences because if you don't deal with it, it will clearly and continue to deal with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all suffered traumatic situations, incidences that have upset us, that have disturbed us, factors that have distressed and continue to distress us, even damaged us, issues that have been left us deeply scarred. This is without question. But the question is how to acknowledge trauma. Sadly, and this is so about the church and even religion, the church is often the last place where you can bring your real selves. Sadly, the church is too often the place where we have to lie about ourselves in order to be accepted. Tragically, the church, and not just the church, but religion itself rewards us for lying. Just a couple of weeks ago, one of the terrible things about the decision that the United Methodist Church had to say with regard to the LGBTQ community is that we will not allow you to serve openly. And it didn't say that if you were gay and didn't tell anybody it was all right. It said that if you lie about yourself, we'll allow you to serve. But if you serve openly, if you tell people who you actually are, you are not fit to be in this place. And not just the church, but religion does that. Authenticity is punished in religious communities. Authenticity is punished in the church. All too often the church, in the church we are conditioned to do the same thing that Samson did. 
Religion conditions us. Poverty conditions us not to tell the truth. Genuineness is an orphan too often in our church. Too often in the church, legitimacy is the motherless child a long way from home, a long, long way from home. But I want to tell you this morning that in this place, in these settings, our stories that may not often be acknowledged must be acknowledged. You are encouraged not to eat your words. You are encouraged not to swallow your story, not to give a real articulation of your life and the things that have you have had to endure. If you cannot tell it here, where can you tell it? If you cannot tell it among folks who are struggling with their own hardships and their own difficulties, where can you tell it? And so it remains to us to create the environment. If it is not where we think, if this church is not what we think it ought be, then we need to reshape it in the way that we think that it ought to be shaped. And if it cannot be a safe space for your wounds and your worries, how can it be a safe space for your joy and your triumphs? The truth is we've all had to deal with lions. All of us have had to fight roaring circumstances that tried to kill us. And the church where our testimonies are so often vapid, lifeless, tame, dull, uninspiring, formulaic recitations of the flat and the flavorless, how can we expect our triumphs to be anything of significance? All too often, the religion that we feel free to practice in many of our churches and many of our settings does not give us the place nor the space to be open. If we are unwilling to tell the truth about the what that we have been through, the how, as in how we got over, lacks deep-seated significance. It is shallow. Indeed, if you cannot talk about the how, if you cannot talk about the what, then the how becomes meaningless. To somebody, to somebody, even though you may be going through something that you can't tell somebody, you need to find a place or someone who you can tell. And this is the problem with silence. The problem with silence is that it bleeds over into other areas of our lives where it has no place. If you do not tell our troubles, if you do not tell your troubles, you cannot tell your joy. Your celebration is stunted. If you cannot tell the hardships, then whatever it is that you have a joyous gift of to talk about becomes stunted. We are stagnant when we offer and, and, and render a serious account of our joy. We cannot release our joy if we have not embraced our hardships. We need, we are so used to saying nothing. Think about this. A roaring lion descended upon Samson. It tried to kill him. And this is a devastating moment in the life of Samson. But the Bible said Samson won. That like a grown man tearing a young, a young goat, he ripped it barehanded from one stem to another. That is a marvelous testimony. But the problem is he couldn't even tell his own mother and his own father 
a victory that he was not able to share, a victory that he was unable to share, a victim, a victory that he could not share, not even to his parents. Those who one would think were the closest to him, to his own mother and to his own father, his inability to tell, our inability rather to tell our stories is echoed not only in the story of Samson, but it is echoed in our own stories. If we are unable to tell how we got over, when you kill that which tried to destroy you, when you have overcome that which tried to overcome you, when you stand up against the thing that tried to crush you, you ought to be able to tell the story. But you got to tell the whole story. You can't tell that the God lifted, lifted you up from what? But you don't want to talk about the what that God lifted you up. And the reason that we don't want to tell what God lifted us up for is because we are afraid to tell our stories among the people who are struggling themselves. But you can't keep it to yourself. When you kill that which tries to destroy you, when your victory over that which tried to destroy, you must tell the story. You have to tell that story. When you win against something that was trying to sap your strength, something that tried to steal your joy, that you must bear witness to that truth. You have to articulate it. We have to share the stories one with another. Otherwise, how will we know what we are going through and what kind of notes will we have to share with each other so that your joy might become my joy and my joy might become your joy because we recognize that there is a world out there that seeks to destroy us against which all of us must struggle. But you got to tell somebody. You got to find somebody to tell. You know, we've been told not to share it. We've been told to eat it. We've been told to swallow it. Yet we cannot soak in silence. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody. The song says, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. You know, in the church of Jesus Christ, you have no right to remain silent. The Miranda writes, you know, you have the right to remain silent and anything and everything you say will be held against you in a court of law. That may apply out in the streets, out there in the world. But in the presence of God, you've got to tell your story. In this church, at this hour, in this very moment, in this place of clarity, your joy can be. Your joy must be affirmed and expressed. It is our moral obligation to ourselves and to each other to express our joy. You've got to look back in the mirror against all of the deceit in the world is heaped upon you and say, I am not that. And I will not let that which tried to destroy me define me. I am not a, 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 a series of indignities that the world has heaped upon me. I am more than that. And you got to tell it. You got to tell it sometimes even when you don't believe it. You got to tell it when it, when, it, when it doesn't well up inside of you. You got to tell it. You got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it until it begins to have a resonance all of its own and a power all of its own. Because I'm telling you, in spite of the fact that words are so slippery and people use them so ineffectively and so dishonestly, words do matter. Yeah. 
we have a moral obligation to tell our story. You, you, you got to let your fingers, you got to let your toes and your tongue express the truth. That which has happened to us, that which has happened to us and for us, that is the critical thing that we must do. We must find a way to, to, to tell silence it has no place in our struggle. In this church, in this season, at this very hour, you do not have to come here and act like everything is okay if it is not. You don't have to come here and act like all your bills are paid and your bread and your and your bread is buttered on both sides if it is not. This is a place for authenticity. This is a place for honesty or at least it ought to be to the degree that it isn't. It's our fault because nobody is here but us. Ain't nobody standing, ain't no white man standing around telling and watching what you do and acting about what you say and going back to report to someplace else. You know there was a time when we couldn't even gather in one another's presence without somebody watching us. But if it ain't doing what it ought to be doing, then we need to reshape it so that it begins to feed our needs. This is a place of authenticity. It is a place of honesty for articulation and for clarity and for you to live your life in the best version that you can possibly produce. Because the tax that God requires is authenticity. God's tax is not general claims. God's tax is not conference askings. God's tax is honesty. God's tax is forthrightness. God's tax is that we be able, those whom God has created, be able to be who we are in the fullness out of which we were formed. When we are that God and when we are that, you know what will happen. God will give us more claims and more askings than there will be room enough to contain. Because somewhere I read, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added unto you. We will not be a congregation. I don't want Church on the Hill to be a congregation that sits and lies to each other. We need to stop lying to one another. If God has done anything, if you have conquered some things, if you have won some battles, if you have climbed some mountains, if you have turned some corners, if what was breaking you is now making you, if that which disappointed you is now your new appointment, then you need to be able to stand up and say, God did it all by God's self, and I am not going to turn, I am not going to turn loose of the goodness of God worrying about what the world might think about it. Now, I may not understand you, and you may not understand me. Sometimes those closest to us are the ones to whom we cannot talk. With those with whom we should share our joys and our sorrows will not hear, will not listen. Your mother and your father might not hear. Maybe they're too busy listening for what they want you to say that they can't hear what it is that you are actually saying. You know how that is. You know, well, you can't get joy out of what was said because you're too busy waiting for somebody to say something else. And so sometimes that is what gets in our way. Those closest to us mm -hmm. can some by, sometimes be deafened by their own expectations. And that can also get on our way. Well, Samson, you may, have been able, you may not be able to tell your mom and your daddy 
but you can sure tell God. You may not be able to tell your mother and your father, but you can tell God. You may not be able to tell your pastor, but you can tell God. I told Jesus that it would be all right if he changed my name. But he said, if I change him in your name, your mother, your father, your brother, your, your baby sister might not know you. But I told Jesus it would be all right if he changed my name. Invite, we invite you to authenticity. We invite you to celebration. Don't carry all your pain in silence. Find somebody that you can talk to. Somebody who will help you manage your trauma. There is a strain that suggests that if we don't, you know, this is this thing to say, you know, we have this in our head, say that if you don't talk about it, it didn't happen. You ever heard that? Say, so, well, if you don't talk about it, they say, don't give it light. Well, if it's beating you upside the head, it's beating you upside the head and trying to act like it ain't beating you upside the head. Don't stop that pain in your head from, from, from still hurting you. There are times that you need, to, you need to admit the things that are going on so that you can know that there is a God that can help you with that which is going on. Whatever it is that is happening in our lives, we are more than conquerors through this same God who loves us. The strain that suggested if we don't talk about it, it didn't happen. That's a lie. If you don't talk about it, 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 it didn't mean that it didn't happen. In fact, if you don't talk about it, you're not managing it. It's managing you. You need to tell the stories of your life. Truths begin with articulation. It's our own freedom. You being attacked by lions and you're not telling anybody about it. You going down on your job and people are messing with you at every turn and you're not going to talk about it? You got, you're in a loveless relationship with somebody who you've known all your life and you ain't going to talk about it? You may not be able to tell your friends. Sometimes you can't tell the people that are closest to you. Somebody tried to kill me, you may need to say. Somebody tried to ruin me. That we must tell is what we must do is to tell it if we want to conquer it. Liberation begins when the violence that threatens us is named. It is not for the benefit of those who are aligned against you. It is told for the benefit of you. You know, this terrible black toxic masculinity when we have these secret sorrows and our secret joys, our inability to agree that we need to have our own, our own emotional emptiness fulfilled, the desire to have a relationship and not just some random sexual encounter. But if we don't tell it, if we are not honest about it, if we are not free, it will consume us and everybody in our wake. You must tell your story, Church on the Hill. You must sing your story, Church on the Hill. You know, there's a song made popular by the great Duke Ellington called It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing. It don't mean a thing if it's not real. You know, the wonderful thing about that title holds what I consider to be enormous ontological significance. And what is ontological? It comes from the word ontology. And ontology is the philosophical study of the nature of being, the quality of becoming, the characteristics of existence. It is the description of reality. Likewise, 
Likewise, your story is the narrative of your being. Your full story with all of its hardships and all of its triumphs is the narrative of your becoming. Your reality is your song. Sing it with full-throated abandon. Unashamed that you might miss a note or two here or there. Never mind that you may be a little pitchy, a little flat, or a little sharp, or, or, or it might not make it to the top ten. Never mind that. Sing it all the louder, for God is listening. Even if your loved ones are laughing at the sound of your voice, God is listening to the pleading of your heart. Sing it anyhow. Sing it anyway. And though it and 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 and, and you thought it was just a song. You thought that was just a song, didn't you? Right. Well, I tell you, it's a song and so much more than that. But if you can't hear the song, you can't tap your foot. And if you can't tap your foot, you can't get up and dance. And if you can't get up and dance, you'll sit where you've always been, locked in silence, suffering and broken, not knowing that God has already opened up a door for you. All you have to do is recognize that that door needs to be opened and that you can find the door and a way through which to walk it. But you can't walk it if you don't talk it. And you can't talk it if you refuse to walk it. You don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself when you slay dragons. Don't keep it to yourself when you slay lions. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell everybody that the Lord God has made a way out of no way. And though I was lost, now I'm found. Although, although I was blind, now I see. Although I don't know what to do, God has already given me the things that I know to do. Don't keep it to yourself, church on the hill. Don't keep it to yourself. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this sermon, if you have questions or just need a prayer, feel free to email us at amezionchurchonthehill at gmail.com. That's amezionchurchonthehill at gmail.com. We are located at 975 St. Nicholas Avenue between West 159th and 160th Street. You are always, let me repeat, always welcome here.